family, welcome to season two of Be the Salt podcast, where we share the kindness and goodness of Jesus so you can experience a taste of heaven here on earth. Season two is called The Rod and Reprimand, as it says in Proverbs 29, 15. Most parents would admit that being a parent is the most fulfilling job they have ever done. They will also admit that it is one of the hardest jobs in life. Every age has its own challenges. Raising a child in today's world as a Christian is hands down one of the hardest hurdles we could ever face. Children don't come with a how-to-use manual, let alone the fact that each child needs to be responded differently, even when raised in the same household. So how do we do this? How did our parents do it? Granted, there are tons of parenting books available out there, but in between birthing or adopting and raising children and balancing work and all the other roles we play in this life, where do we find time to read these books and follow the advice? So this season, I want to attempt to provide an opportunity for parents to talk about the challenges they face, the wins, the losses, the mistakes, and the victories at every age and every stage. So we may be able to learn from each other and from the people who walked before us. I'm sure we all agree that we need to raise a generation who will walk in alignment with their heavenly purpose and will learn to push back the voices that prevent them from walking in the victory they are called to walk. So friend, wherever you're listening to this podcast, on your commute to work, at the gym, at a park, on your couch, in the kitchen, wherever that is, I hope this discussion will throw some light to your day, put a smile on your face, and above all, bless your soul in some way, whether you learn something or not. With that, let's dive into today's discussion. This is Be The Salt Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Salt Podcast. In this season, we are talking parenting. I have uh, four beautiful women with me today to talk about the children they're raising, school-age children, the challenges, the wins, the losses. Um, none of us are experts in raising children. They don't come with a manual. So we all are figuring it out as we go. But we just want to have a, a healthy discussion about and learn from each other about uh, different scenarios, different situations that we face these days uh, raising our children. So I have Lija, Hannah, Blessy, and Angie. Uh, welcome to the show. I thank you all for being here. I know you you would have a million things to do this evening, but you took time to be here, be with me, have this discussion. I really appreciate that. So I will let you all introduce yourselves. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Angie, and I've been married to my husband, Jason, for 12 years, and we have two beautiful children, Caitlin, who is nine, and Elijah, who's five. Welcome to the show, Angie. How are you? Thank you, Anu, for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this group. That is awesome. I'll go next. Hi, I'm uh, Hannah Thomas. I've been married to my husband, Bobby, for 17 years, and he's the only husband I've had so far. (laughs) (laughs) I've been blessed with two children, Nehemiah 12 and David 6. And um, the Lord has 
blessed me uh, to be a mom. So I'm excited to share that experience, helpful or not, will be decided later, but <laughs> it's great to be here on the show. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you for being here. Hi, uh, my name is Lija Thomas. I've been married uh, for 17 years. Um, I have two kids, uh, Nikita Thomas and Asher Thomas. Uh, I work in a hospital. Thank you, Anu, for having me here. Welcome, Lija. Thank you for being here. Bless you. I am Blessy, and I'm married for the last 16 years. I have two kids, my son, Jeremiah, 13, and my daughter, Stephanie, 12. And as you know, teenagers have a handful of now as of now, I think. Right. So, yeah, going on as of now, I think I'm doing right, but I may be wrong. But, yeah, going on so far. We'll so good. see, right? <laughs> Welcome, Blessy. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, thank you all. I just want to start off this icebreaker. Just a few quotes that I found on parenting, which I thought uh, some are hilarious. Some are we can very much relate with. Um, uh, one is parenting is like a um, majority of my diet is made up of food that my kids didn't finish. I know, uh, I know all of us can relate with it at some point. Um, being a parent is like holding a fitted sheet. No one re really knows how. Um, and a third one I found was the quickest way to get a child's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. For the younger ones, that is. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate with that at some point in your life. Um, so to start off with today's discussion, um, I know each of our roles are, are difficult. I have adults, no, not, they're no longer children, uh, but I can totally remember the time that, you know, raising them, being that sacrificial mom all the time, right? Like never get applauded, that position that you hold. But uh, it fills your heart with joy every day, right? Um, so to discuss, start off, kick off with, kick off with today's discussion. Uh, what is your uh, your take on peer pressure and instant gratification in this age group, and how does that challenge you? So my daughter is nine, Caitlin, and. She's just now having friends and forming groups as she's getting older versus when she was younger, when everyone just played together. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we have stressed with our daughter is make sure that you choose friends that respect your values and your beliefs as a Christian, that they know where you stand in your faith. Yeah. And that you surround yourselves with those kind of people so you're not pressured into doing something that you're uncomfortable with or goes against what you believe in. Mm -hmm. And so we're not telling her that she can only be friends with Christians, but what we're saying is let your closest friends, the people that are in your circle, be ones that won't pressure you to go against your belief in God. And that's something that I feel because we've stressed that to her. I've noticed that she's choosing friends that, that respect her and love her for who she is. So she's not dealing with so much peer pressure from other groups because she's kind of, she has that close knit of friends that she okay. surrounds herself with. That's so good. that's something that we stress with her and 
that has helped her in choosing who she wants to surround herself with. Teach them young, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Bless you. What are your thoughts on it? I think I, I echo the same thing. Like Angie said, like we do tell the kids like, like, now, you know, both are like on the verge of like, one is a teenager, one is getting, they have questions coming up. So same thing, what we stress is be what you are mm-hmm. and wherever you are, just show who you are. You're not there to show, okay, you are somebody else. But like he has friends, my son has friends from all different, like in middle school, he has different friends. Mm-hmm. So he comes and talks to us like, oh, they have, they do this, daddy or mommy, they do that. So we tell them what's the difference there. So just to tell them who you are, follow what you have been taught. Like Angie said, teach them at a very young age, not now when they can right. question you back. Just to teach them at the very young age, okay, let's follow. This is the path that you are following, not for like gratif- not for somebody else's you are doing it, you are doing it because you are somebody's property, you are God's image, or you are doing, like my husband always says to them, you have to see where is God glorified in what you are doing, or do you think God would like what you are doing? Just step back and think for a second before you answer that question or you do that thing. So I think that's what we are doing now, especially with stressing when they are getting on to teenage and like going on forward. And I also hear you saying about open communication, right? I yes. hear you saying that mm-hmm. Jeremiah comes and tells you those things. Yeah, so he does. I think parents, as parents, giving them that venue and the freedom to be able to share with us, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we have said that even if like they do something wrong, it's like you just tell us what is it. So then they know what to, like everything from the time you step in the car from school, from the carpool lane till home, I, it's like I just go on asking one after the other. It's like even if my husband's the one dropping, he's like going on and on and on and asking. So sometimes they feel like daddy's asking too many questions. But then those questions are the things that we talk out and then we know that, okay, this is what we need to grill into and get into that. So, yeah. Lija, you want to go? Okay, um, I think uh, communication is a key. Yes, um, yes. I um, always talk to, I spend, I make sure to talk to them what happened. I can tell just looking at them that uh, something is not right, if they have a bad day or something. Um, so the mom I, uh, intuition. <laughs> so yeah, I talk to them. And I try not to be a very strict mom. I try to talk to them very op- openly so um, that they will tell me, you know, what's going on and, you know, they will be more open and free to talk. Um, and then, um, uh, like, you know, I always tell them, you, you know, you know your Christian values. You know, you learned that when you were a little kid. So you know what is good and what is bad, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Um, so I tell them. Um, and, um, um, uh, yeah, I think the communication is very key. You need to talk to them. And then sometimes like, uh, they ask, um, okay, mommy, can we buy this or can we have that? So I just tell them, 
Uh, okay, how about you pray? Pray about it. Talk to mm-hmm. God about it. And Good. come That's to me tomorrow and talk to me about it. What kind of response you got? What do you think about it? Oh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> That's what I tell them. I don't, t- I try not to judge them and tell them you can like, no, 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 all the time. But I tell them, okay, you talk to God about it and let me know. <laughs> I what, love that. What you think them at a young it. age to hear God, right? Speak yeah. to God. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Very good point. Hannah, what's your take on it? Well, I'm just soaking it in, guys. Oh, my gosh. You're all like open communication and open door. Most of my days, I'm just trying to figure out what's in my boy's head. So, I'm <laughs> so I feel like Hannah what has is- two boys, so yeah. it's different. You know, and I realized that living with three boys at home, yeah. including the big boy, um, it's becoming <laughs> like, you know, I just feel like I've become a tomboy myself. So. Most of the days, but I'm the most, I'm the chattiest, obviously, in the family. <laughs> and, and I am concerned. I have a little stigma in the family because of that, because the boys are like, oh, you talk so much. Exactly. So most of the days, what I'm trying to figure out is what is he thinking, you know? And just trying leading questions like, yeah. what's going on? Why are you thinking a certain way? But I think what I struggle most with is probably what Lija was saying about just not judging. You know, it's, it's pretty hard because... I've not been raised in this country and, um, you know, I've been, I think I've adapted well, but it's still pretty hard for me to accept a few things, right. a few of the ways they think, which I think is a bit of like, I'm still in culture shock with that, you know, just yeah. trying, trying to understand why they think a certain way. Mm. And, um, and I think that, that there's a little bit of cultural issues in there. So, right, right. and, and, you know, that, trying to not judge certain responses as okay as maybe a sinful tendency but rather a you know an expression of that person just trying to be free trying to think by himself so then where do you draw the line at freedom and where do you draw the line of you know guiding them so like try to be being patient and instructing them in the word mm. um is i mean i feel that there is no way i can talk my son out of what he's thinking even my six-year-old I I give up I pretty much give up if I you know try to convince him of anything so but what I think is is why I pray I think I'm praying more than ever for them just to be able to get a bridge of communication I mean I love this idea of open communication but just to get a bridge to that, you know, yeah. I have to pray. Yeah. And sometimes it's not like a one-time prayer. It's a daily prayer. Okay. How do I connect with him on this issue? Cause uh, my older one climbs up my younger he's one. He's a preteen up. now, right? Nehemiah is like 12. Is it he's eight? 12. Yeah. Oh, he's a preteen yeah. and he's already a terrible teen. So I, I don't <laughs> get it. You know, like, I'm like, I mean, he's quiet and that's the hard part because me I'd blurt everything out so it's a reality clash too right that why don't you just tell me you know like why can't you just tell me but no he can't tell me because and then you know so but I I think prayer where you just build a bridge Mm -hmm. and then you give them the word of God and then when you keep giving them the word of God the Holy Spirit will just niggle those little thoughts out right whatever wisdom too to deal with that right yeah I mean, most days, guys, I just put my hands up and say, Lord, this is just, you know, this is not very, this is just not, this is beyond me. This Mm -hmm. is not my cup of tea. But 
I depend on the Lord and well, that's what's working so far. <laughs> that's <laughs> good. That's good. Like also figuring it out for me, it was um, the communication part. All of us are talkers. Uh, so all three of us are talkers. So that's, that works that way, even though I have one boy. Um, but the communication part, like individually, one-on-one worked in the car. That's, that's where you got them. Like, you know, they're not running away. They're not distracted. So my driving time was my communication time. So I have stories and they tell me stories or ask them leading questions and things like that. So just, just a nugget in case if that works for anybody. Uh, I just wanted to ask this. So I, I see uh, other than Hannah, all everyone else have a girl and a boy. Um, I was hearing, it's like I'm talking parenting podcast and I, everywhere I hear is about podcasts. I was just went, went for a walk and I was listening to something and that was a, that was about parenting. So it's, it's so funny. So there was a, something I listened the other day about differences in children, right? That was something I struggled with. Uh, personality differences. Uh, so when you're raising one, you're, you kind of mold yourself to behave a certain way and you're kind of expecting your second one to behave that way. Do you find that as a challenge? Have you found that as a challenge or how do you deal with it? I think for me, I have a girl and a boy and they're five years apart. So they're in wow. different stages of their life. Right. So, Yes, dealing with a girl, they're a lot more emotional. Uh, they express themselves probably differently than a boy would. Um, but, you know, the way I see it, I think, yes, the transition is tough because you're so used to parenting. Like, like I had a daughter first, so I'm used to parenting her a certain way. Mm -hmm. So whether you do have a son or you have a girl next, I think for me, Besides even a gender thing, each of them are individual. It's going to be a different personality. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And, I think and I'm sure Hannah can relate to that. Both both. And to that sister. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. It's, it's different personalities. And I think for me, I had to ask God for wisdom yeah. on how to navigate each child. Yeah. I think sometimes we want to kind of parent the same way because yes. it's just easier. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when you do it that way, then you're kind of molding them to be this certain person when they're not and I think and all it does is frustrates you it right? just frustrates you and them because then they feel like they're not being understood yeah, so for me I think if you can pray about it and ask God to give you guidance on how to communicate with that specific child with that specific personality then that's how you can feel connected with your child whether they're a boy or a girl good point good point for me it was um, I grew up with girls. I didn't, I didn't raise, uh, was not raised with boys. So having a boy and a strong-willed one at that, I had to read books. I had to read James Dobson's strong-willed child book. Yeah, I do a lot of child <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, what's your boy, what's your take on it? Like you said, it's just two different personalities. Like the same question I asked to my son, when I go to her, it's like a total different, like I have to frame that in the same way, but the answer is like, how do I address this to address this question to her? And I get a totally different answer. Right. And I, she like, you girls are like, I should say, 
kind of a drama queen because <laughs> I was also sort of that. I, I yes. should say girls are like that. <laughs> so for her, it's always okay. And she is kind of like a daddy, everything. Okay, daddy said this, so this is the rule, or mama said this is the rule. So for her, a question that I frame for her, I have have to go back and think or we both sit and think how do we go frame that for him or the same question we asked him sometimes we have both thought about it like okay my husband says okay this is what we dealt with Jeremy now what do we do with Steffi how do we address that to her so it's two different world I should say two yeah. different personalities you have to mold it you have to come from one world to a different world to think about okay this is one this is one but since I have two at, at like same age I should say I can, that's what I said, a two different world at the same time in a parallel yes. way, but in a different way I have to deal with, we both have to deal with those questions. So it's different world. And for girls, especially we have this, like Hannah said before, still with our culture, the bar is set high for them. So right. sometimes I do tell her, so she's like, you are not saying that to him. Why? I said, oh, for you, the bar oh, is set yeah. high. So yeah. she is like, why is that? So then I have to like, okay, think. We, we cannot just say, okay. Not bring culture way. into it. You know, <laughs> I'm sure. You cannot just say, oh, because mama did it, you have to do it. No, we have to frame it in a different way. Then I have to tell her, okay, this is what we did. What do you think? Same way, like in a Christian way, like my parents taught me the way. So I have to tell her like, Apatana Amachi did it this way with me. Your daddy's parents did it with them this way. So this is what. So I have to point her out to like her cousins who are elder to her, the girls, and tell her, see, your chetis are doing it this way. So you have to. So, but still the question comes. It's like they are different. Why are you comparing? That's another exactly question. Exactly. The right? same question comes. So it's like it's. You have to think about and pray, like she said, every day. It's like, okay, God, how do I deal with this question to her? Or how do I frame this for her or for him? It's two different things. So. I totally relate with that because mine are 16 months apart. So it was like one year apart, you know? How is this so different? It's totally that, like, different. And I am impressed with the with the part where you said, you think about both of you think about how can I frame it differently so at some point I'm thinking that you did it the same and you found out it's not working so it you're thinking how to come out of that yeah that's very it's impressive like everyday learning experience with both of yes. you something new and it's every day something new you have to learn it and it's a, okay next time you'll do yeah like Blasi was saying like the females in our culture are more sheltered. They grew yeah. up more sheltered, including us. And so in this generation, when you allow your son to do something and not your daughter, then mm -hmm. it also becomes like a trust issue. So you don't right. trust that I'm going to make that right decision too, right? Yeah. So you can't make it like, oh, it's this cultural thing. Or, you know, oh, I'm just trying to shelter you because this can happen to you because it can happen to the sun, too. Yes. So we just like, you know, Blasi was saying you have to frame it correctly yes. kind of for their age and even for their gender right. so that they don't feel disrespected or that you don't trust them. 
That is a very good point. I still hear that. Mine are 20, yeah. 22 and 23. I still hear that. He's a boy, so he can do this. You know? Exactly. And that's how I had a brother. So, you know, like, there was you a know lot that. of things that Jim did. And I was like, what? Yeah. So it's definitely different. So, yeah. Like Angie said, I also get this question. So you trust him more? Yes. Than so that does question comes up frequently. Wow. Yeah. Get about the kids, point. guys. I still ask my parents that. I'm like, why did he get a chance to go with what he wanted? <laughs> and I couldn't go to the beach without uh, being checked on, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. How do you deal with that with your kids? Uh, and I know um, David is little, but I'm sure they both have different personalities. Oh, they are diametrically opposite. So it's an adventure, just like you guys said. Every day is a you know learning curve because you there's always some you know there's always a, something to to keep you on your toes. But at the same time, uh, you know I think the w- one thing the Lord impressed upon me regarding this was that we're just stewards, right? right we're not right. here because. To be, to lord it over them. And sometimes when we take that responsibility very seriously, then we kind of bungle it because we actually burden them, you know? Yeah. Actually, what we're doing is projecting our own burden on them at that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, it's hard. I do understand that our women are more sheltered, but it's a very different society, even in the States now, than it was probably 10 years ago. I mean, even like the, the gender, the whole the whole blurring lines between gender and the extent of confusion we have regarding it is mind boggling. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with it. I will confess, I am constantly learning every day, even mm-hmm. to deal with it myself. So I don't know how my children are going to deal with that. So for me, I think um, these the, the culture, there is a biblical cross culture that I'm trying to impress upon them every day. Mm-hmm. That is not something I can I can lord over them. That is something I have to receive from the Lord myself every day and be a steward and allow the Holy Spirit, just make a passage for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives, you know, and create an atmosphere at home, an atmosphere of prayer, create an atmosphere of instruction to help with that. Good point. Good point. Lija, what's your take? And yours is also a buena girl, so... (laughs) Yeah, mine is like day and night difference. It's it's very hard. And like everybody's saying, like it's like um, everyday learning. Thing, I'm still learning. I think I have to talk to both of them like differently. Like, okay, I have a way to talk to my boy and I have a different way to approach my girl. Yeah. Um, it works. Sometimes it does not work. Someday we will master this, guys. Oh. I know. Yeah. And I haven't done it yet. They're 22 <laughs> and 23. <laughs> All right. So how do you, um, in the middle of that, and I know you, when your kids were little and now, um, my question is, and I'm a firm belie- believer of uh, modeling, modeling your life, modeling your prayer life for children. How do you work in or model that Um in your busy schedule, running the home, raising children, working moms. Um, Do you do that? Or if so, how do you do it? And do you think that is important? 
I love to do my quiet time, my prayer time in the mornings typically is um, after I drop off my daughter. I still have my son at home, but you know, even if he's playing, I want him to see me sitting there reading my Bible because sometimes I'll be in the living room with him mm. and he'll say, mommy, what are you doing? And I'll say, oh, I'm just reading the Bible and praying. And he's like, okay. And he'll just play quietly and, you know, continue playing. But I think for my kids and my daughter says this all the time, I want them to know that you can pray anywhere, everywhere. Yes, yes. Take that time. It doesn't have to be in a certain spot in this quiet room. Even if there's things going around you, you can sit and pray. And, you know, for me, I like my children seeing me pray. Yes. Then they'll ask me like, oh, mommy, what are you praying about? Or what are you reading about? It encourages them to show interest Mm -hmm. in the faith when they see you doing it. Good point. Good point. Let's see. What's your take? Uh, Modeling prayer. It's like teach them. It's like a communication. You are talking, you're sharing your views with somebody or sharing your thoughts. You're telling your father, God, the father, that this is what I want. It's not like a vending machine, like you go get something, come back. No, Mm -hmm. it's from the very young age, teaching them that it's communication or talking. Same way like like we talk to us, telling God that this is what I want or this is what is all want to do or so this is what we have told them like they my son gets so uh, like worried with a tests coming or something mm-hmm. so for him always like my husband is always like talk to god or tell god like today he had a test so he was worried about it and i said just do something it's take a deep breath tell god i want to do this best i can do it because he was like saying it again and again so i said Stop talking about that. I cannot do it. So every day in the morning, he has to do it. It's like telling God that I can do all things through God that's possible. So he has to do it every day in the morning. Both of them have to do it every day in the morning. Very good. Very good. Saying that I can do all things through God that strengthens me. That has built up his confidence so high, we can yes. say, because he has inside him a card that I can do it. So in the afternoon, he comes up. I said, just say that. Take a deep breath. Say, God, I want to do it good. I will do it good. Just do that. So in the afternoon, he steps in the card. The first thing I said, how was it? And he's like in a loud voice. It went way good than I expected. I said, what did you do? <laughs> so it's like you tell them it's talking to God and telling God, see, I can I want to do this, but I can do it. And God is going to help me in every step. So it's just, we've told him, you can just, don't have to say it loudly through prayer or something. Even in the midst of a chest, you say you cannot do it. Or in a crowd, you are, you, like nowadays, the kids do feel like, oh, this is a crowd. How do I pray in between that? So even if you go out, like we've told like my kids, like, how do you pray in a restaurant before eating? So it's like my husband said, just do because you have to do it. So it's, going on that's good that's good teaching them to communicate with god um right Mm -hmm. that that becomes natural for them that's what i hear you say uh very good um i think um personally speaking it's a bit of a struggle every day um my schedule is i'm sure you all have busy schedules but and i know sometimes it's probably a cop-out but um 
I have to be very intentional every day. And that being intentional sometimes is a struggle itself, you know, just uh, I like being quiet during my quiet time, which means that I like doing it alone. So, you know, and uh, doing it in public or doing it with my son because I want him to see that prayer is important and prayer times are important and having a and to give him the impression that there is nothing in your life that you can achieve without the Lord Almighty, which then brings you to the bigger thing. Does he even have a relationship with the Lord Almighty? And is it just because you tell him, are you saved now? Or do you think baptism is important? Do you? Do you? Yeah. Well, yes, I do. Of course I do. But, well, do you really? You know, it's like... It's a, it's and again he's born and raised in a Christian home. We are we've been born and raised with Christian parents. We want this to be very spontaneous. We want this to be something that comes out of a obviously out of a personal responsibility than just you know an automatic yeah. response. So uh, we I, I the the challenge for me is first of all like I was saying to be intentional about showing it and also the challenge is to not make it a routine. I feel that can be very dangerous, especially in Pentecostal households, when you try to make it seem like this is how we do it and you make it routine. Because sometimes that itself can be a problem, right? So yeah, um you know, so I guess, uh, but again, it's, and again, it's also having the Holy Spirit to really guide you, you know, to give you the the way that they can connect with you on that. Sometimes there's a little bit of cultural stuff. What I would consider as my effective quiet time would be, okay, praying, reading the word and praying, you know, and praying for a certain amount of time and reading the word and explaining, but it may not be that effective. That may not be the way someone, you know, my son or probably my husband communicates that way. Right. So we right. do have, you, we do encourage family prayer, you know, as often as possible so that at least we have that idea that corporate worship is important in our family, but at the same time to give them the bigger, de the deeper meaning of quiet time, is something I have to ask the Lord every day, you know, yeah. like to, to challenge Nehemiah, especially to think from the word, you know, and not just to meditate on the word is, I think, a bigger challenge, you know, because um, yeah. he'll read if you tell him, but you're like, and then, you know, you don't, you sound so repetitive and such a Pentecostal mom and you go every morning and say, did you pray? Oh, did you not? How can do that do you did you forget to brush your teeth no you didn't did you pray oh you know it's like it's you know you you want to not lose that opportunity to impress that truth but at the same time you don't want to sound like a you know a dead bore so i think hannah some at some point it will kick in even though you're reading it because i'm i'm thinking about myself right when i was raised it was like you have to pray you have to sit down read the bible like that was no other choice. So part of my younger life, I did it because I was supposed to do it, right? But then there is some point that you have that encounter with God and then that transforms you and you want to do it. Somewhere it'll kick in. And and routine is good. That's I am I am um, very much advocating for a routine because you learn the routine, then it becomes ingrained in your mind, and you're like, I can't live without it. I I'm a very much a person of of habit, and because of that, you know, that's that's what I do. I can't not do it. If I not do it, my day is not going to be right. I, I know everybody's not like that. Both my kids are not like that. They don't have like 
you know, routine like that, but I've been like that. But I think at some point it'll kick in, you know, with that encounter with Holy Spirit. That's just my thoughts on it. Uh, Lija, what, what are your thoughts? Um, okay, I'm a person who does not spend hours in prayer, but I have taught my kids uh, from the very beginning the importance of prayer. So they know the importance of prayer. They know that they will get answer. And miracle happens through prayer. They know that. Praise God. Um, so like we do like small sections, like, okay, so whenever I take the car, no matter how rushed we are, uh, one of us will pray mm-hmm. before we eat, regardless restaurant, wherever we have to pray. They know that. Mm-hmm. So all these little things, um, I think they know that the importance of prayer. And uh, I'm very happy to see that they do that till now. Yeah, that is <laughs> and, Sometimes yeah. it comes as a habit and then at some point to have that, that right. kick in really to know, you know, this right. works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they know that it works. They know that whenever they need a prayer, like an exam or they come to me, they know that it works. Yeah. I think. Talk about, yeah, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's important because when kids are young, they don't know what is right or what is the way of life. I think at the beginning, even if it feels forced, it's something you should do as a parent is tell them like, this is what we're doing every night. We are going to pray together. We're going to sit together and pray and talk to God. Because the thing is when you get like, for instance, when I was growing up, we prayed at restaurants. We, there was no question about it. It doesn't matter who's around us. We bowed our heads and we prayed no matter how late at night it was when we came back from somewhere, if it was midnight, my dad didn't let us go to sleep until we prayed. And right. And yeah, I'm sure like inside we're like, Oh dad, we're tired, you know, but when I got older, I noticed that when I actually left my house at 18, even if it was two in the morning, when I got back from studying, I didn't go to bed until I prayed. But that's because that was instilled in me at a young age. Yeah. When you get older, you like, you know, you were saying, Anu, you end up like from feeling forced to do it. You're actually wanting to do it. Wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've seen that with my kids too, because yeah. I mean, part of your life was forced, but then it turns right. into your routine and routine. somewhere along the line, you right. have that intersection where you meet the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay, how do you do self-care in the midst of all this? That's a very interesting topic. I love to talk about it. Yes, Lija. I'll go first. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. I thought Hannah was doing it. No, Lija. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, I have to tell you this. Um, When I was a young mom, um, when my kids were um, like babies, I don't think that I took time uh, to self-care. I don't felt like the importance or I didn't care at all. But now my kids are kind of growing up. Now, you know, they don't need my attention that much. So now I feel like the importance of self-care. If you take care of yourself, then you'll be able to take care of your family, right? So um, I think self-care is very important, which I didn't do as a young mom. But now I feel like I should have done that. And I tell everybody, yes, self-care is very important. For example, like after a heavy um, shift, a bad day, the next day if I'm off, I'll 
go get a massage done. You know, that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was it. I, you know, why I add this in this discussion with all women is the only reason this is, I did not know the word self-care when I was raising my kids. And, you know, what that did to me, as I told you, my kids were close together. They were in diapers together, college together, driving together. So what that did to me was I, I did not even look in the mirror for years on, like no makeup, no nothing. I didn't worry about it. It was always work and kids and uh, sports and church and this and that, you know? So what that did to me was I I yelled. Like out of the 24 hours, I, I believe other than the time I'm sleeping, I was a woman who just screamed stuff. You yelled who, to get things done. Like, um, I, I didn't know where to hide my emotions. I didn't have an outlet, you know? So later on, when I learned self-care, that I have to soothe my soul first to be able to pour into somebody is something I learned very, very late in life. And I wish I had an older woman who told me that, you know? That's the reason I want to I want to ask younger women about it. I always am intentional in asking them, hey, how are you taking care of yourself? So go ahead, Angela, what's your um, take on it? So like you were saying, you ha- your kids are older, so you didn't really even know the term self-care. I'm fortunate enough that I did hear about self-care. Mm-hmm. And um, going off of what you said, you can't pour from an empty cup, yeah. right? So if you're empty spiritually, if you're empty physically, if you're empty emotionally, then your family is getting the worst version of you when you don't take care of yourself, like what you were saying. And so I feel like for me, um, like I had mentioned, self-care starts with God every morning, no matter what I have on my to-do list, no matter what I have to take care of, I have to spend a few minutes, just a few minutes, just meditating on the word of God and praying and putting my day in God's hands. That means my to-do list, whatever I have. That's how I begin my self-care. And then, um, you know, taking a walk or exercising also has helped me a lot. It gives me more energy, I've noticed, like to take care of my family. And then like what Lija was saying, like booking a massage or, you know, a nail appointment, doing something for yourself. You know, sometimes moms think self-care means selfish. Like we're being selfish when we take time for ourselves, but we're not. We're doing that so we can be better moms and better wives. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. I'm glad you all uh, know that already. Bless Mm -hmm. your thoughts. That's important for self-care. I don't do it much, but like, (laughs) like you said, like have to go one place to the other. So it's like one is done, one, if a son is done with this, then I have to take her there somewhere for the lessons, music lessons, this and that, something or the other comes up. But yeah, I think just to sit back and think of what you have done or what, what, like asking God, okay, what do I do next? How do I go with what's next coming up or whatever? Just God, give me the wisdom to go on with whatever is coming up next. It's something. Yeah important or you need to take time yeah like i agree but i don't do much but still i think we need to not intentional to about it get after into, this podcast you will be yeah get more yeah. so that yes <laughs> anna what's your take on it 
do you really want to hear it from me? Because <laughs> I don't know. For most of my, my David said my mom's old. job is on call. So <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That that explains it. That's what David said. His mom's job is call. Not even like okay, she's a physician or she's a whatever. It's like call. That's what she does. She's on twenty four seven call. Um, and that kind of pretty much described my poor child. Is very perceptive, but you know he kind of captured in that word. But you know, for for a majority of my like formative years, probably as a wife and as a mom, there was no self and there's no care. There's just like. <laughs> all work and I just hurtled you know from one schedule to another and um I okay and let me say but I realize the importance I'm not underscoring the importance and I'm not saying that you know I feel that more than ever it's important as a physician I know it's very important I harp on it I get paid to talk about it all patients that every day and every minute but I think um And I have struggled in many ways because for me, my biggest enemy, especially even to my health right now, is stress. So um, and, uh, you know, for me, I think it's um, it's actually a chronic condition. It's a health problem. And so what um, it's very, very important to do self-care. I like the spiritual aspect, right? That and you were saying that the first thing is you learn to take care of yourself before the Lord. That itself just primes you and the Lord tells you this situation. So let me tell you the biggest thing that the Lord or the most important thing the Lord had to deal with me first when I started or embarked on this course of saying, okay, actually in our culture, it's like Even if, you know, you get poured out like water, that's fine. But, you know, taking care of yourself is just not very culturally appropriate sometimes. But I realized that the Lord told me, just do this one thing. Because, you know, I'm not the kind of person who does my nails or, you know, goes around. And, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem. It's just that, you know, it was just hard for me to sit there and just watch them, you know, do it. I'm like, oh, gosh, I could be doing so many other things. So, and then, you know, but but I realized just sitting there and doing nothing is actually good. Just, yes. you know, crickets and crickets. I'm like, oh, silence. And then the other thing the Lord had to tell me about is to focus on just sleeping. And I know that's, yes, I mean, guys, I agree. very overrated. 100% of anything. I agree. You know, that, that that's what the Lord, and that's, as you know, it's sad to say, but after 20 years of training and then working and everything, this is what the Lord just told me. Can you just sleep? Yes. That will so. So, I mean, just just sleeping every day for me is like, oh, I got it. No, I have no, I know, but I have care. No. There you go. There you so go. I, I like work. it. I like That's it. The-, <laughs> you know, the best part of nowadays that now the weather that is good is in my backyard. I have a hammock after work, just coming there, laying down with my book. Best. Like <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love those discussions. Um, I just want to talk on the point that um, I don't know about you, but um, when I was raised, it was um, more of, you know, how parents desire to be someone or be somebody or be somewhere or do something in life and whatever they lack in life, they want to see that uh, bring uh, coming true in their children's life. Right. So, um, that, that's, that's, I think, for all parents. And we tend to do that and mold our children according to what we think is best for them, right? 
either it is education or it is college or it's just the choices that they make or the talents that they have. Um, and how do you balance, if you don't want to do that, how do you balance between motivating and uh, pushing them too hard to do something, right? And how do you mold them to be who God has created them to be, even though it is not something that you wanted to see in them? So those challenges, how do you face it with your children? Anna. Okay, well... Um... You know, the realization that uh, it's really what God wants them to do and not what you think is right is the first hurdle. Okay, right. so certain things, uh, you everyone wants their children to succeed. There is, you know, generally, even the worst kind of parents, you know, would do want their children to do at least like them, if not, you know, and all of us want us, you know, our children to do better. But um, that being said, the question is what we define as better. And um, I think sometimes my our struggle is, you know, to be ambitious, but at the same time, uh, you know, and we keep pulling Nehemiah's leg when we do that. Like, uh, you know, oh, so what was your score? Yeah, for this test. And I don't know, these kids don't study. They don't have homework. I, I don't get it. I'm like, so, you know, I just can't, you know, we can't like, I don't get it because my schooling was just diametrically opposite right so that's itself is a struggle like why doesn't this kid have homework so anyway but you know he comes and i don't know they don't they, even when they have exams they like apparently study in school and then sleep through the they night and yeah. 12 hours. get a good sleep and good breakfast yep. yeah. how is that even possible i haven't slept since like fourth grade i don't know it's just so weird so um, but, you know, he and I asked him, like, oh, so let's say, for example, it's like, oh, so even like if a stop score is like, oh, you got your 90s. Really? Why didn't you get a 99? Because that's what an Indian parent would say. How come you didn't exactly. do that? <laughs> like, how did that happen? We don't. We're not happy with the 90. We want the 99 and the 99.5 if possible. Mm -hmm. Aim for the 100, you know. But I think uh, that's where we're like, um you know, the importance of uh, knowing that, first of all, especially after training the way I did, I realized a lot of things that I considered important, you know, and we consider important back in our culture in India, being ultra competitive was so overrated. overrated. <laughs> like, uh, you know? Amen, sister. Amen. Because <laughs> <laughs> you realize, oh, my gosh, ultimately where I am today a lot of the things that I held seriously were not that serious. I mean, I've cried over half a score that I lost on a test and, you know, like ruined evenings, you know, um, you know, mentating on it and troubling my parents to the point. And my parents thought it's so cute and so adorable that I was so competitive and ambitious. And now I'm like, oh, why didn't I just sleep? You know, <laughs> like, why didn't but I just... Also, Hannah, the other point, other side of it is though, some of the children are not more motivated right some children are just so laid back and and if you don't push them enough they don't go that much so where do you draw the line as much as what is motivating what is pushing too hard you know I feel that is kind of a struggle too right it's not just that education yeah. part so but I, I think know. that's where you're like okay 
we want to motivate in a way that, uh, you know, again, that requires a, the the realistic idea of why are we doing it or what do we do it. And I think especially in this culture, um, especially because it's not as ultra competitive, right? It's all a question of, oh, what do you like to do? You know, right, so it's right. a way of looking at it that helps the kids a lot. But um, it's, uh, again, giving them the spiritual principles also to fall, you know, hey, it's all about doing your best. And it's not just about what the goal is, right? What you achieve. It's also about, hey, did I do it the way the Lord wants me to do it? Did you give your 100% to it? Right. 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 It's not about winning. That's a very good point. I love it. How about you, Lija? What's your thought on it? I'll let others to answer. (laughs) Angela, you go. So kind of with what Hannah was saying, I think for me as a parent, I just tell my kids to whatever they do, like it says in the word of God, work at it with all your heart. And that is what I instill in my kids. I don't ever get mad about a grade if I know that my kids worked at it with everything they got and they tried their best. Uh, So that's how I handle uh, a situation like that. When it comes to pushing your kids, I think at a young age, it is important to kind of push them to see what their interests are. Because if you don't push them, like you were saying, they don't really feel motivated to try anything new. Mm -hmm. So I think when they're young, kind of push them to certain aspects. Is it piano? Is it sports? Whatever it may be, so they can show, figure out some of their interests, figure out who they are, right? And, you know, each, like, we're all, God made us all different and unique. And I think that's something that I remind myself when it comes to my kids. I am not my kids. I know there's dreams that, you know, my parents had for me and I have for my kids, but ultimately God is the one who decides their future, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, all I can do as a mom is pray that they follow God's will for their life. Even if it's different from what I desire from them, if I know they're following God's will, then I know that they're going to be great. And as they grow to teach them to understand God's will, I think it was Lija who touched on uh, telling them to go meet God, right? Uh, And asking, uh, you know, when my kids were in college and if they wanted to change path or change their career or decision, I would say if God told you to do that, I would be the one hundred percent behind you to support you. So sit at the feet of God and learn what God wants you to do. So that's a good point. I love it. Uh, bless you. What's your take on it? Like everybody said, like in, I, like when the grades like motivate them to not just to study. Like when the grades come in, the first like a normal mom. The first thing is, where did the rest of the grades go? So, like Stephanie once asked me, Mama, I got this much. Are you not happy with what you got? So (laughs) I was like, okay. She did it that much good. Like it was just something less, uh, something or a little bit of, I should not like. She was like the first one who got questioned me. So what we have said is like, do your best what you can. Yeah. We won't question you. So even if they get a low one, I just say, oh, you got dismissed. That's fine. It's okay. But teaching them Good to, you. Con- motivating them to have a, I've learned it. I've seen it. I've 
see kids every day with students every day i see like if you say they are not bad, like they are not worried about the grade they get they're like oh, i got this much it's fine i'm fine so telling them motivating them it's okay you are doing fine even if i see some kids at school saying okay this struggling to do it when i tell them okay you can do it and step by step teach them take them to that level i've seen them a, a smile in the face saying oh i can do that too because they have been sitting on it for days and then okay i can do that so I with believe, my kids I what in, i would in like their to, best cheerleader being the arch being the best that's it that's what we teach them just do what you can do like everybody said are you giving your 100% to it more than that motivating them to take have a concern for others like christ like helping out others that's what matters later in life like you care for others you sacrifice your something for others that's what helps you future like build yourself as a christian basically to come up to that point to say like i am a christian is where you can be a servant serving others yeah. but not as a servant but serving servanthood teaching them to yeah servant heart so it's like teaching them to grow from looking at others and say oh, okay even at school when like we see kids who have uh, who are not who are specially impaired special needs when i see them i tell stephy stephy see they are happy in what they are doing it so tell my kids it's okay they are doing their best so same way looking at that perspective that made me change to like every day seeing kids in their different uh, shoes like getting them to know the kids to know that okay this is what it is there may be something we can motivate them to be my kids to grow more and care for others so then that would be something even if it's old person young person without age just to care for simply a caring heart That's would be something heart, they can, can take yeah going off of what blessy was saying i think for me like in the world that we're living in right now like everything i think hannah kind of touched on what's going on in the world right now i think for me the most important thing is who they are in Christ more than what they achieve in this world. Yeah. Like what they do for Christ outweighs anything than what they do here on earth, right? Because yeah, at the end of the day you want them to realize what they do on earth is temporary. It's great. It's not going to give you joy though. It's not going to give you that lasting joy, but when you do things for Christ, that's what I think as parents we know that we did something right right when you bring kids to see in Christ yeah more than what they're achieving here i love it lija what's your take on it um so i never pressure my kids like okay where is that 5 mark or where is that 10 marks why did you not get 100% i never do that because i remember when i was a little kid my parents used to do that <laughs> so i try not to do that um uh, but like if the mark is like really really low then yeah i get you know mad at them i tell them to work on it uh but um i yeah i i don't give them too much pressure and i tell them hey you know what you need to pray about it i don't want you i i don't want to tell you that you want you i want you to be a doctor or an engineer or a scientist no you just pick whatever you like you know what you are good at that 
So, um, you know, they know their strength, they know their abilities. So I just encourage them to pray about it and just ask for God's guidance. Uh, But I never get mad um, for getting like low grades or something. Uh, My daughter always make fun of me. She always say that, what kind of Indian parent you are? Because she have a lot of Indian friends. So she says like how like their parents pressure them so much. And even during their free time, they're like, um, trying so hard and like all constantly checking their grade. Oh my gosh. Like, so I try not to, because, you know, I had bad experience as I was a kid. So I try not to pressure them. <laughs> I just well, pray for learn. them and yeah, ask them to pray about it. Things we learned from our childhood, right? <laughs> Very good points. I love it. Um, I want to talk about local church. I believe it takes a village to raise a child. Um, what are your thoughts on the input of a local church in your in your children's lives? And I know it doesn't ever replace what we have to do at home as parents. Uh, but other than other than what as parents what we do, the input of local church. What's your opinion on it? Anna, you go. Um, So, you know, it's undisputed that there is a very, I mean, what you model is just a a mini model, right, of the church at home. But you have, and how that model works in the bigger setup, right? And so how they they relate to believers in general is what they're going to learn in church. And that is so vital that, you know, the church, first of all, functions on, you know, very strictly on those principles and models it intentionally to children uh, and instructs children accordingly. And I am very happy that CPC is working hard on that. And, you know, it's uh, just a great opportunity to, you know, see the church always trying to find ways to connect to the youth and, you know, connect to younger people. Uh, because again, there's uh, the other challenge is there is a cultural divide that, you know, we parents need all the help we can get. And I rely heavily on my church for prayer. I rely heavily on my sisters and CPC to give me the everything, right. The motivation even sometimes to just go forward. And so there is no parenting without the, the church backing us up. Um, there's just no, that, that's the, that's the main backdrop. I mean, we, we can only take away from that. There is. And so, um, I believe it's vital and hence uh, functioning in a with a good church or with a with a believing church and a functioning church is extremely important. And even if it means that it's inconvenient in certain ways, because we try to be very I mean, for us, there was a whole question of, OK, it might be convenient sometimes for us as an Indian parent to be, you know, with a. An English church sometimes through the schedule and everything, but then just having that community feel uh, in a Malayali church for all the traditionalism we have faced in Malayali. I was born and raised in a Malayali church set up and I have faced traditionalism to the point where I've often been tired and I have openly rebuked it and, you know, I openly, you know, find that. Still, there are things about it that I don't like. However, I know that many times, even when the traditionalism was being imposed on me as, uh, you know, growing up, the hearts of those people who were doing it were in the right places. They wanted the best for me spiritually, you know. And so I still come back to the Malayali community as my church. And I'm proud of it, you know, because a lot of that protectionism that 
protected atmosphere that I was raised in. The probably people laugh at it now, but I do so not have any right. Yeah, I don't have any issues. I was very protected and ra- you know while I was being raised, but I have thrived and I have, you know, no baggages to carry, you know, as an adult, I have uh, thrived in a spiritual atmosphere. It was it was a blessing, you know. Good point. Good point. Even if we don't agree with a lot of things. Um, right. Someone in one of my other sessions uh brought up a good point in this aspect. Um, they were saying what we teach our children, the values that we input in our children at home, they get to see that lived out in a community, in church, you know, in a community and lived out in many different ways. And the and the opportunity to men, to be mentored by somebody other than parents. So these are the inputs that, you know, these were the good things that I heard in one of my other sessions. Um <coughs> Um, what are your other thoughts, um, Angie? Or for me, um, just pretty much what just touching on what Diana said. I love that we go to church as a family because that's the place where you get to worship God. Your kids see you openly expressing your worship towards God. Uh, they don't see that anywhere else. You don't see. God even mentioned anywhere else, probably Monday through Friday. And so that's important that they hear the word God in general, because you're not hearing that in school because they're trying to take that away a lot of the times. Um, Another thing I love um, that I want to touch on is the opportunities to serve God in church. Mm. I feel like uh, when you as a parent get involved in certain ministries, your kids see that. And then they, as they get older, want to model that yes right model you know they want to you know figure out what ministries they want to be involved in which is in choir or teaching whatever it may be so you know they have opportunities to do everything for the world monday through friday but i want my kids to do things for god and the church is a place where you can start and And, the other people doing it and living yeah and that's what i was going to say like positive role models like the youth you know having positive role models uh that are you know christian and follow christ that's something that i want my kids to look up to people like that versus like who they meet in school i don't know who you know are going to influence them always at school so it's nice to have people at church that are going to influence them positively towards Christ. Good point. Good point. Let's see your thoughts. Same way like everybody said, it's like a reaffirmation when what the parents are teaching you go there and they can look up to them and say, okay, uh, what mom and dad are teaching is something that's same thing here. So we can uh, relate to that. They can follow that. And the prayer of the church is, I think, valuable. That has what has brought, I should say, a second home was the church. A prayers still, I can see that the backing up is there. Same way here also now also I can see a backing up of prayer for my children, for us, for everybody. So for them, for the kids, you are telling them that, okay, this is what, like Angie said, they don't hear about what is Christianity or what is Christ the whole week. Mm. So when you go back on those two days, when you you are talking, mom and dad are talking, yes. 
But when you go to the place, they see, okay, yes, this is the place what mom and... Because kids, like nowadays, they, oh, mom and dad can talk and talk and talk. But you listen to that again from somebody who you yes. look up to as a pastor or a mentor or somebody young, a big elder to you, they think, okay, yes, this is something we need to do or look up to or follow that. So I've seen that in my kids happening. This, okay, in church, this attendant was doing, this church was doing, I want to do that. So my kids are coming I up to volunteer, it. like she said, because they see people doing it and they say, can I do that? So it's like Stephanie wanted to do it. Like churches are doing many things for VPS. Can I also volunteer? That is so so I was like, okay, go ahead. So it's learning like I a reaffirmation it. relating. Okay. I need to do it. Or this is a place where I belong. They feel that. That so, is so yeah, good. I think that's important. So Lydia, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I grew up in a non-Pentecostal church, um, so um, I didn't have any mentor or any chaitis or chattans to, you know, talk about um, all these things. Uh, and I see that um, in our church, I didn't go to any other church other than CPC church here in the United States. So I see uh, how my kids are growing spiritually with the Sunday school, with the mentors. They have this mentor program. Um, so um, they um, talk, uh, you know, talk to, they are connected to these churches um, and, um, you know, they get the guidance. Sometimes we are not able to guide them, but the churches, um, you know, kind of same, similar age, they mentor them. And that's a very good thing about our church. And um, like others were saying, like the kids see and they you know, how everybody's involved, their churches and churches are involved. So they want to do things and how, you know, they get connected to all these Christian uh, people. And that's something I really like appreciate about our, our church family. Yeah. And I was also thinking while you guys were talking, it is also up to us parents, right, uh, to prioritize what is of church, of the things of God. Right. Not just not just attending as a Sunday worshiper, as a Sunday person, but to be involved, be volunteering, be serving and also mentoring other people and our children seeing that. Right. So prioritizing that within our family, um, I think I, I think I'm hearing you guys say that. Well, even even though you didn't really mention it, I think that is also another very important topic. Last question. I know we've talked a lot, but um, I really want to touch on this because I know in our culture, this is not that prevalent to have open communication about uncomfortable conversations, about drugs, about alcohol, about homosexuality, about sex. Um, uh, for I know Hannah, David, it's too early for him, but um, how do you how do you plan to do that or how do you do that? Do you desire to talk openly with your children? Have you created a venue in your family to be able to have that open communication? So I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Angie, go. Absolutely. I think it's so important to be open with your kids, especially through those difficult questions that you mentioned, because the thing is, if you aren't open with your kids and you don't address these questions from a spiritual standpoint, they are going to seek that Someplace answer 
yes. from the world yes. and they will be confused and they will you know, not know which way to go. And so it's very important before you even answer that question is to pray over that question. And how should I speak to my child or how should I answer my child? You know, so if your child asks you something and it's uncomfortable for you, just say, give me a little bit, let me pray about it. And mommy or daddy will come back to you and we're going to sit down and talk about it. But absolutely, you should be open about it. You should pray over it and pray with your child about it. And I think we mentioned that, you know, I think Lija mentioned you should tell your child to pray about it too after seeking counsel, Um, not just from parents. It can be from a pastor, but definitely someone that's a spiritual leader that you, you know, respect, admire. Because if you don't do it, the world will do it for you. Yeah, you don't want your space to have those answers. Right, and you want to be a safe space for your child to come yeah. and speak to I you. I love that you said just safe space. That was that was my thoughts too, to have a safe, safe space to come yes. openly and discuss. But you're not um, going to be mad. <laughs> <or> <laughs> Hannah, yes. what are your thoughts on it? I know it's early for uh, David, but uh, Nehemiah is getting there. Yeah, absolutely. I think home should be the place, you know, especially here in the States. I don't want them to hear from others. They will, though. Um, And, you know, they're going to keep hearing more than they want to. But um, it's going to be super awkward. Um, But, you know, I think uh, I always want to keep a straight face. (laughs) And um, And you're a doctor. Yeah, so I'm going to do my doctor thing, you know, I'd be less than a mom in those situations. I'd be like, okay, shoot, you know, and here's what I'm going to tell you. So, yeah, I mean, I know I find that I'm kind of comfortable with, you know, speaking about things like that, but not with my own kids. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge, but... Um, but I think it's very, and especially with the American culture, the more open you are with them, the more they trust you, in fact. Yeah. So yeah. we should just hand it over to them, you know, one step at a time, as much as they can handle, because ultimately they're going to they're going to hear it, you know, yeah. and the people they're going to hear it from may not have the best intentions for them or the sources they hear it from. So it's always good to give them the right source from us. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I, um, I was just thinking and laughing in my head when you said that. Um, I have always been very open to my kids. So it's like my kids are just real and raw. You know, there's like there is no, um, no hiding of words. They just go raw. And sometimes my friends laugh at me the way my kids would talk. So, I mean, creating the safe space while I was saying that, you know, for them to be able to talk these things. Um, Leslie, your thoughts? I think talking to them and openly, like, telling them at very young, you know, like, now my kids are in an age where we have to start talking about it. So it's like telling them, we, we you can come and tell us anything or ask this. So slowly instilling in them and telling them where, as a Christian, what's as the Bible says, where the boundaries are for us? Do you think God, this is God's will that you're going to do, or you're going to hear many things outside? So, evaluating themselves, like we, my kids have to do it every day. Evaluate themselves in a day what they did right, what they did wrong, or what can they improve on. So, same way they can evaluate 
yeah so it's it's my husband who started with it so like he was wanted them to do it so for us also it's like when they come and talk to us about certain questions it's talking telling them like pray about it or think in one second god what do i tell them and before going and saying something or we just said them or like my husband says okay daddy needs to talk more about it so can we talk so it's like a separate talk with both of them because boys and girls or something they have to do together so like and you said you just don't blurt it out at that point of time you just say okay we need to sit and talk about it so telling them this is the boundaries that as a christian as we have said as parents we have had a boundaries set by our parents so we cannot set that now with our kids at this age of going in this modern age i should say but telling them this is what is a boundary that you have to think about before you step into it and think about in a biblical way in a christian way will is this god's will that you're going to do or do you think god's going to like it or right. evaluating them from a biblical point standpoint would be something we would it. talk to lija your thoughts um yeah i i think it's very important that we need to talk about it because if we don't talk then they're going to get you know wrong information wrong sources so i don't want that uh, that happen but uh, to be honest i was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, but it happened during uh, the covid time you know when um his my son's teacher sent me a video and said um you need to um you, this is mandatory something you need to show this to your a uh, child needs to watch this and then you need to talk to him about it so since it was a mandatory thing and i had to do it right um i prayed before and i was like oh my gosh i don't want to talk to my this young child about this then um and then when i played the video i want him to watch through and i made it was very hard for me but i made my face so straight and i said I didn't I try not to laugh it and I tried you know explain the best way I could and and I told him uh, you know I told my kids of course both of them that you know what is acceptable and what is not acceptable you know we are christians and we need to um you know think about it that um before we make any decisions things like that yeah I know it's very uncomfortable topic but um I think it's very important to talk to yeah. them Another thing one of my previous guests was saying teaching them at young age a very young age about good touch and bad touch. So I thought that was a very good point, right? Teaching them that like I didn't think about it. She was mentioning that. So I was thinking that that's a very good point. Wow, that was great discussion and a wealth of knowledge. I really loved our talk and conversation today. I want to end with one thing. Uh as part of self-care, I want you to complete the sentence in four different ways. I am and and complete that four different ways. And my words for my I am uh sentences would be I am the daughter of a king. I am redeemed. I am determined and I am healed. What are yours? What is your I am statement? Bless you go. I would say I am a child of God, a learner every day, learning things new every day, and a mom who is trying to figure out how to get through this wild woods with my kids. <laughs> good, good. Angela. 
I am loved by God. I am blessed. I am chosen and I am a child of God. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Going next. Sorry, did you say? Yeah, go. Oh, okay. Oh, I was saying that I, uh, well, I didn't write it down, you know, so it's going to be straight from memory, but I am blessed and I'm a blessed wife and a blessed mom. And I'm very blessed to walk this path with the Lord every day. Beautiful. All right, my turn. Um, I'm blessed. I'm chosen. I'm redeemed. I'm child of God. I'm a mom and a wife. Beautiful. I am thinking if if we walk in that light, right, that confidence daily saying I am blessed. And if we can say that about ourselves, that I'm I am I'm healed. That's one of mine. It is I am healed. I'm very much healed and walking in that healing daily. So proclaiming that over ourselves and I truly believing it. Believe in speaking life over our own selves and over our own children, right? Daily speaking life over our children. So beautiful discussion. Thank you so much, so very much. I really appreciate each of you. Even though we all think that we have, we are figuring it out as we go and we have no knowledge to share, it is amazing that how much we learn from each other, right? Just just by talking about it. And we're not usually intentional about our coming togethers, our gatherings where we sit down and talk about it. It may be easier for us to talk about church, talk about our our vacations and things like that. So I love this time having um, that I get to talk to each one of you. Thank you for being here. And Angie or one of you, can you close out in prayer, pray for each one of us and also pray for this ministry that it will be a blessing for many people. Thank you, Anu, for having us. And with that note, I am going to end in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful time of God. Thank you that we can come together as women of God, as moms, as wives, and discuss what we can do to better our children, oh God. Please give us the wisdom and knowledge to be the best moms that we can be. Help us to just remember that what they do here on earth is temporary, but what they do for you is eternal God help us to always stress the importance of doing things for you oh God thank you for giving us these beautiful beautiful gifts that only come from you thank you for choosing us to be uh, the moms of our children oh God please use us as vessels to instill your wisdom and your knowledge into them so that when they go on to the world oh Lord they will be stewards for you thank you for this time together and this fellowship and I pray that we'll continue to grow in you Uh, together and individually. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, ladies. You all have a good day. Thank you. Thank you.